Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome to episode 58 of the Jaguar Report podcast. My name is Gus Logan. I'm joined by my co-host, John Shipley. Wow, what a week it's been, John. It's been five whole days, four whole days since we recorded. <laughs> if this this has been like, it's it feels like a big week to me because it's a weird week since the team has been like away from the city and we haven't gone to the stadium for any pressers or practices or anything like that. But at the same time, like, I feel like this game against the Bills in week five is a bigger magnitude than the week two game against the Chiefs. you agree? Oh, 100%. Like, the week two game, like, it felt like it was more like a, uh, like, revenge game type storyline, whereas this is, like, I think a better, like, benchmark test of, okay, how far are they from really competing? Because it's, like, no question. Like, the Bills are, to me, the best team in football, you know, through the first month of the season. Yeah. Like the, the week one clunker against the Jets was literally just Josh Allen kept throwing it to like the, the Jets defenders. Like, it, yeah, like, it's just Jordan White had three interceptions. Like, without those three plays, the Bills have been like looked yeah. unstoppable. Yeah. Like, you look at every, it, it's hilarious. Like, every, you know, like graph, like EPA, like you see on Twitter, they're literally top right corner and everything. <laughs> yeah, way up yeah, there. Yeah. Way, yeah. <laughs> it seems to be reached. Yeah. Way up there. Way up there. So, I mean, they, they're definitely, I, I think they're a better team than when the Jags played them in 2021. And I, I've done my best to put that entire year of my life deep into the confines of my soul. But I remember that Bills team, like, they were kind of cooking when they came to Jacksonville. You know, they had a ton of hype then. and Allen had a ton of MVP hype. And I think they're better now than they were that game. I agree. I think Allen has kind of, like, figured out since that time, like, how to take what the defense is giving him. And he didn't really – it seemed like he hadn't learned that lesson or, or he had forgotten that lesson in week one against the Jets when he threw those three interceptions. And, like, they were all just so boneheaded. Like, there's, like, no explanation for them really other than, like, he was just, like, on a permanent heat check. Uh, but, like, since then he's kind of, like, cooled off on that heat check but spiked his efficiency. And, like, last week against the Dolphins, like, the Dolphins put up 70 in week three. So it seemed like they were the best team ever. And then the Bills, like – quickly signs silence that and a big reason is that Josh Allen is just so good at taking what the defense gives him and like kind of like taking the underneath stuff and like staying efficient until the defense kind of like creeps up and then he's able to hit the shots to Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis so I think we've like this version of Josh Allen or like the week four version of Josh Allen is like the only thing that could be on in the same tier as Patrick Mahomes uh He's, he's been lights out. 
No question. I think they're clearly the two best quarterbacks in the NFL. Like even like even if Peg Lake Burrow was, you know, healthy, I I, I don't think <laughs> I, I don't think he's in the same like even healthy in the same realm as we've seen from yeah. Allen lately. So I mean and when you compound the fact that you know he has like star players on the offense with him and he's not mostly doing it himself like Patrick Mahomes in week two. That's what makes it an even bigger matchup. So I, I, I'm with you. I think it's probably the biggest game on the Jaguars, like first half of their schedule, you know, before like things start getting real. And I mean, if anything, they're probably lucky that this isn't like an early game, like regular season game. Like every game obviously counts the same, but you'd much rather play the Bills now than like if you're like fighting for a spot at the end of the year. Like you need like basically to win mm-hmm. out you see them on the schedule. Yeah, that's true. Just because, like, the early beginning of the season is a little bit flukier. Yeah, no, no, no doubt, no doubt. You know, just, just as fluky as us hitting 58 episodes. I, I, I can't stop looking at that, <laughs> I can't stop looking at that number, dude. I cannot stop looking at that number. God, that's Lord. a good number. Number of the week. <laughs> and, I mean, I, I also want to say with Josh Allen, like, I, I consider myself, you know, friend, son, soon-to-be husband, journalist above all else i'm a take haver you know i'm a takesman and i had many a takes about josh allen both when he was coming out of college and when he got to the nfl and i just want to say he is a clear example of i don't care (laughs) it does not matter dude like it does he's awesome bro he is awesome i thought he was going to be terrible and he's yeah literally every like pete prisco-esque tweet you saw from people being like no, nah, I don't care if he sucks now. He's going to be amazing that everybody, including myself, dunked on over and over and over. He's awesome, dude. He's, like, proven every single, like, person. He's, he's so fun, honestly. He's, like, he can do anything. It's great. He just puts on a superhero suit. Uh, let's let's get into it. Let's start. Do you want to do Josh Allen versus defense or go in order and start with Jags offense? Yeah, man. Let's go Josh Allen versus Josh Allen. I, I think that's, like, I, I mean, after – but the last time they played, like that was the biggest difference. Like, well, that was a nine to six game, I think. So, like, the Jaguars' offense did nothing. It was literally Josh Allen came up with like three of the biggest plays of his career. You know, like in the half sack when the Bills were trying to get the ball downfield, uh, fumble recovery, and then an interception. That it's so funny when you go back and watch it. It's like the perfect Josh Allen play. He has like two dudes barreling down on him. He's drifting backwards in the pocket, like 10 yards. <laughs> Instead of taking the sack, he just throws it out there. <laughs> it, it, it was the perfect play to happen inside of J- Jacksonville football stadium. Mm, there you awesome. go. Yeah, it was. It was so, so I normally, at least in the past, like years, I feel like there was, I think it's Seth Waldo with ESPN would always tweet out, like double team rates among edges and interior defensive linemen. I don't think I've seen it so far this year. So I, I don't know what the double team rates, you know, really are. But I feel like any smart offense moving forward, like you look at the Jaguars like production on defense. I mean, double team Josh Allen, you know, like, like at least throw as much protection at him as you can because mm-hmm. you look at the rest of the Jaguars defensive roster, they don't have another player who is, you know, who has double digit pressures this year. You know, like like J- Trayvon Walker, eight pressures through two weeks. Will Robson Harris is their best interior pass rusher, but he's still like thirty fifth among interior defensive linemen and pass rusher win rate. And then, yeah. like I I think the Jaguars have four interior defensive linemen who are in the bottom thirty in pass rusher win rate. It'd be five if you include a Tyler Lacey, who it's a smaller sample size, but 
if you include him, they have three defensive tackles who PFF literally has as not recording a single pass rush win mm-hmm. this year, which is, you know, wild. So you look at that, you look at obviously you see Abdullah is still, you know, he's a fifth round rookie. You know, I mean, it, he's still coming along. And yeah. then Caleb Von Chason, he's about produced, you know, what I think most people really expected. Josh Allen's the only guy on that defensive line that's consistently winning. So I wonder this week if Buffalo kind of starts a trend of like just throwing everything like they have protection wise at Josh Allen and begging anybody else to beat them. Yeah. I'm, I almost feel like this week doesn't matter as much protection wise or pass rush wise as a lot of other weeks do. Cause I think the Jags are going to do something similar this week that they did in week two against Mahomes, where I feel like Mahomes wasn't under really like a ton of duress in week two. But the Jags did a really good job of just like containing the pocket and making sure he didn't like do a bunch of like uh, scramble drills and pick up first downs or kind of like heave passes downfield from outside of the pocket. Yeah. So I, I think we're going to see a similar approach this week where like it may, it might like seem frustrating at times that like the pocket isn't really collapsing on Josh Allen, but I think it's like almost going to be by design that they kind of like collapse the pocket uh, slowly and like with intent uh, and just like make sure every like possible escape route for Josh Allen is clogged. So that like if slash when Josh Allen like gets off his first and second read and then is like kind of in scramble mode or escape mode or or whatever, then the Jaguars will be prepared to kind of like turn that mode into uh, mistakes for the offense and turnovers rather than mistakes for the defense and explosive plays. So – yeah, no, absolutely. And I think, like, if you're looking at the defenses, like, path of winning this week, like, it has to start with turnovers. You know, like, mm-hmm. hoping that Josh Allen, even though he's playing insane right now, you know, he still has his, at times, golden retriever tendencies in terms of decision-making and hope that he just kind of mm-hmm. gives you, you know, a pass here or there. I feel like the Jaguars have mostly, like, taken advantage of those opportunities this year. I think Darius Williams dropped a pick last week. Andre Cisco like half dropped a pick against the Chiefs. It was a really high it pass. A, it, it was a drop. Yeah, I guess that's fair. I, I would still say it was a drop, but yeah, I, I guess I, it's tough. You're, you're a tough grader. Yeah, I mean, it, it was both the Darius Williams one, Darius Williams one, and the Andre Cisco one were both like two handed drops. So, <laughs> I I think I agree with you that the Darius Williams one was a drop. You know, I I, I think the ball basically. <laughs> Objective drops. <laughs> I think the ball basically fitting in Darius Williams' face mask. It was so right at him. Counts as a <laughs> counts as a as a drop. If he doesn't catch it. Yeah. No. I. I mean. So like, uh, like it, it. It's not a game plan to say. I hope they throw us some turnovers. But I feel like if you're looking at like a great game script for the Jaguars, like to win or at least have success on defense, like that's the one. I agree. I think uh, stopping the run is going to go a big way because even though we think of the Bills as like more of a passing offense with Josh Allen's big arm and then like Steph Diggs and uh, Gabe Davis being good downfield threats, their run game has been like pretty solid this year. I don't have their like efficiency numbers pulled up, but they've been like a pretty good team on the run, which just kind of helps them just maintain offensive efficiency overall. They're, they're second in rush EPA. Like they, they've. They're like... Yeah, wow. Yeah, third and pass, second and rush. Like, they're an extremely balanced, you know, offense. So, uh, Mike Caldwell was asked on Thursday on the importance of taking away the run game from against Buffalo on Sunday. 
And he said, well, that's the plan all the time to keep our teams an advantage in third and longs, second and longs. Uh, so that's what I did a film room on on Wednesday or Thursday morning was like Mike Caldwell's defensive philosophy is like stop the run, but more so win on early downs so that you can get like second and long and third and long situations against the defense. So I think it's another thing to look out for is like how Jacksonville's run defense does against Buffalo's underrated run offense because if they can kind of like stop james cook and uh the rushing offense for buffalo then it'll be a lot easier to stop josh allen on third downs oh no no doubt and i do feel like like a part of that is the this is probably the best bills like offensive line that they've had like the sean mcdermott Torn's such a good pick. Yeah, dude. I mean, he, he's been. I don't. I don't think he's given up a sack yet this year. I think he's given up like six pressures all year. You know, he's been mm-hmm. fantastic. So I, 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 I think that you know, you obviously look at their offensive line. I think that's a big part of it. But the, I mean, the Jaguars—they're still you know right up there among the best run defenses. You know, with the Browns, the Falcons, the Titans, the Ravens, the. Seahawks somehow, and they're still, you know, one of like the truly elite run defenses through the first couple of weeks. Which, I mean, you hear those pressure stats I rattled off a minute ago. I mean, you would hope they're good at run defense because it sounds like they're all run stoppers on the line, which it, it is. And I have seen some of those Angela Blacks and reps. I think it's the men that you mentioned. That's that's the good stuff. And you know, obviously, the, the game stats report already came out that they won't have the wants moot. So I think you can expect more and more of those heavy looks. So I agree that I, I definitely, it doesn't make sense like to say, let's sell out against the run against Josh Allen. But I definitely do think that the Jaguars are going to come with the mentality that on those early downs, like basically their chance to winning is try to win on first and second down and then get a advantageous third down and hope that Josh Allen, you know, basically still, you know, Josh Allen in terms of turnover worthy plays. Uh, you know, according to PFF, he's eighth in turnover worthy, worthy play percentage. You mm-hmm. know, and Desmond Ritter is one. So you kind of saw the Jaguars take advantage of that last year. Yeah. I mean, no, no, no other quarterback the Jaguars have played this year is in, you know, the top eight other than Ritter. So you saw them have some success with opportunities, you know, then. I, I, I'm with you. I think that's definitely probably, you know, their plan is, you know, really really focus on the run on the early downs, then third down, hope for some turnovers. I'm interested to see what they do uh, against Stephon Diggs, especially on late downs, like whether they bracket him, whether they they don't do anything special, uh, just because he had such a good game last week. He had like, I think, six catches and three touchdowns. So I feel like one strategy the Jags could do is like the old Belichick strategy where he puts his best – single best quarterback on like the offense's second best receiver. So it'd be Tyson Campbell on Gabe Davis. And then you put Darius Williams matched up against Stephon Diggs with like a safety over the top with bracket coverage, like in theory, uh, especially considering like the sizes of those cornerbacks and receivers, that would make sense. But I feel like I haven't really seen a lot of like bracketing from Caldwell on film. So I don't know if that's, happen but i'm just interested to see the stefan diggs effect like i honestly feel like in like when we talk about like the jaguars like shattering guys like it's worth remembering like you know just going off the data like they're like 
barely top 30 in man coverage percentage, but they're top five in zone coverage. So yeah. even when it's one-on-one, it's still, you know, they're still kind of aided a bit by the zone coverage. But I don't know. I kind of feel like the Jaguars are the kind of team who kind of – maybe it's not a great comparison because the Raiders didn't have a good number two, but what we saw last year where they basically just had Tyson travel with Devontae. And I, maybe it's recency bias because the Dolphins, like, specifically didn't do that. And that was a big storyline since the game. Like they didn't have their top corner travel with Stephon Diggs. And he was like abusing their, you know, basically their number two and their number three cornerback. So yeah, I, I, I personally, I think you probably see Campbell shadow him. I feel like this is a week to do it, but Gabe Davis against Darius Williams is such a weird matchup. <laughs> it's that yeah. Darius Williams is, you know, I, I, I think, I don't know what his list of height is. I think it's five nine ish, five ten. Gabe Davis is six two, so he he has several inches on him. But I mean, you saw that last week, of course. But Gabe Davis is also one of the more like vertical based receivers, like in the NFL. Like he he's a go route merchant, <laughs> basically. You know, they don't ask him to run many more routes than that. So you're probably going to see Darius Williams versus Gabe Davis downfield. You know with the help of his safeties at times, but at times one-on-one, like you saw Matt Collins and Darius Williams last week. I think that's probably the matchup to watch, honestly. I think like Andre Cisco might be the most important player in the game, just because like we just talked about like potential one-on-one matchups, but like chances are like those deep downfield shots are like all going to come with at least one of Rayshon Jenkins or Andre Cisco like being a deep safety. Uh, so like, I think as, as we said earlier, he had like the drop against Kansas city, dropped interception, but he also had a pick against Kansas City, he had a pick uh, last week. Both so. really good plays, too. It's not like a dude's just throwing him the ball, you know, and he's, like, returning it like a freaking punt, you know. Like, they've both been objectively, like, good coverage plays. Right. So, he's, like, I feel like he, like, has to get a turnover in order for the Jaguars to have a chance. Has he been – he's been one of the two best defenders this year, right? It's, like, him and Josh Allen, right? I think, like, relative to expectations, he's been, like, the best defender. But I don't know yeah. if I would, like, put him over Tyson Campbell and Foya Lulicon quite yet. Really? Um. Like, he's he's trending that way. I think he, like, deserves to be in the conversation of, like, all of those players as, like, one like one of the best players on the defense. But yeah. he's been great. I don't, I don't think he's been so great that I would, like – put him over foyer and yeah, four weeks. Yeah, you think he's mid, basically. <laughs> Go ahead and t- put that on a graphic. <laughs> Are you saying Tyson and Foyer have been mid? No. No, no, no. Look at you twisting words. You <laughs> you work in media for a season and look at you. Big media guests, go ahead and twisting words out of context. Use my own game. Just like game. I was calling Andre Cisco mid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, he's, I, I, he's been great. No, for sure, and I think I, I definitely would agree with you that he's probably like the key player on defense. Like this game, it's like to me, it's like him and like a mix of some of their interior guys, just because you know Buffalo's gonna you know try to run it. And I, I, I think this game is a really good test for the secondary. I, I think the Jaguars are the best defense the Bills have played this year. I think the Jaguars have a better defense than the Jets. Like. I don't know. I feel like the Jets' defense this season hasn't been what maybe we've seen, you know, the last couple of years. A part right. of that is, of course, going from, you know, 
Zach, I mean, Aaron Rodgers to Zach Wilson after a drive, but I mean, they were with Zach Wilson all last year, you know. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, you know, would you believe that the Jets are like in like the bottom 10 for EPA per play on defense? No, I definitely would not have thought that. Yeah, so I, I think the Jags are the best defense the Bills have played this year, and I think for the secondary, especially. Like, like this is the benchmark test because yeah, Patrick Mahomes is you know a, a, a alien. I personally think he's the greatest like quarterback of all time, like the most talented guy to ever you know step on the NFL field at quarterback. But their receivers were also like a hobbled Travis Kelsey, Sky Moore, Justin Watson, and your guy. Uh, who's my guy? Kadarius uh, Tony. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I. I, I think this is the biggest test. Like for like, like basically, if we can call this defense legit or not, we'll see this week. Yeah, I think like if the Jaguars win this weekend, then like the big storyline in Jacksonville next week is going to be like Mike Caldwell is that dude. Just like the biggest storyline nationally, honestly, not even in Jacksonville. If the Jags win, it's going to be like Mike Caldwell is going to get his due. Mike Caldwell head coach interviews. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I think I that, believe it. I'm trying to think of teams who are even going to fire their coaches. I off the top of my head, Chicago, <laughs> Mike Caldwell, Chicago Bears head coach, <laughs> Commanders, yeah, <laughs> Jack Del Rio. Um, Why is Jack Del Rio still in the NFL? <laughs> yeah, the Raiders, yeah. Josh McDaniels, yeah, not the Jaguars, not the Jaguars. So, I if you had to guess, no, just. Don't assume that the Jaguars offense allows like any like self-inflicted points. How many points do you think the Jaguars defense has to hold the Bills like to for the offense to have a chance? Uh like 16 to 23, 17 to <laughs> Like I, I kinda not to give away the offensive segment, but I think like the Jags are scoring 20-ish regardless. And then like it's just a matter of how many of the Bills score. If the Bills, like, have three turnovers and get held to 17, the Jaguars could sweep one out. But I think there's a way better chance the Bills just have, like, a yeah. – like not a great day by their standards, but still a good enough day to win. The Bills' last three games, 38 points, 37 points, 48 points. That is bonkers, dude. That <laughs> is, that's crazy. All right, well, we're going to cut for a break. We'll be right back to go over the Jaguars' offense versus Sean McDermott's defense. I guess. <laughs> Sorry, that was <laughs> wanted to wanted to really hold that one. Um, mm. So the Jaguars' offense hasn't been, I think, what anybody, yeah, expected. Obviously, through the first month, the big thing we talked about last week, or I guess on Monday, was how the offense has basically become, you know, check down like turn Trevor into check down Charlie, get the ball out of his hands. I thought Press Taylor was really good on Thursday. Uh, like on the offense, basically saying, you know, you and I said on Monday that it was a 17-point lead. <laughs> we were basically just trying to sim till the game was over and not, yeah. you know, really try anything dangerous. But I do feel like a part of that, even in the first half, was, you know, them trying to play conservative. I don't think that changes this week, dude. I, I really don't. The Bills are second in, you know, pressure rate per PFF, but they're also – one of the lowest teams, if I, I think that might be the lowest in blitz rate. So, like, they're dropping seven in coverage every single play and, like, asking their front four to get pressure. 
And to me, and with their secondary, that just screams to me, I think this is going to be like a quick game week and a game where they, even though they're going against a really good front, try to get the running game going a bit because you will see a decent amount of two high safeties. Yeah. Uh, the press quote this week on Thursday was, we go into the game knowing that's a really good front that Atlanta had. You have a lot of calls that you just don't get to because when you're sitting on a 17-point lead and the dynamics of a game change, you play the game a little differently when, than when you planned to when it was 0-0 and you had four quarters ahead of you. So that's like a little bit – that was in response, I think, to like asking about like inside runs versus outside runs because we talked yeah. about that on Monday. It's like – it, it's sometimes like if you're just like looking at it from like kind of a blurry perspective, like it just looks like the Jags run game is like up the gut every single time. Like it's almost like when for Matt in 2017, just like hit the A gap every single first and second down. Uh, so I think the real football, <laughs> I definitely think they're going to try to establish it this week. Uh, the Bills have allowed the highest yards per carry in the league, it's like 6.3 yards per attempt. The next worst team is like at 5.7, I think. They've also allowed the fourth most runs of 15 or more yards. So if there's like a week for Travis Etienne to kind of like remind people that he's Travis Etienne, it's going to be this week. Uh, and I think like having a pretty good run game will go a really long way towards like both setting up easier third downs and having it just be a third and manageable after like two efficient runs. But then also like setting stuff up off of runs like press Taylor was saying in his interview how like the Evan Engram big play against the Falcons and like one or two other plays were like set up because of the run. So I think you're going to like kind of keep seeing that this week is it's going to continue being a lot of touches for Travis Etienne. Yeah, no, 100 percent. And I think the reason the Bills like are giving up. Like so, like so many yards of pop against the run is because like there's not many teams playing like with lighter boxes, like seven man boxes than yeah. right now. You know, I mean, according to SIS, they're fifth in usage rank and light boxes, and fourth in usage rank for two high safety looks. So they they're definitely kind of selling out for the pass and you know trying to get as many guys in coverage as they can. To ba- and they're basically asking the front four to win, which. I I really didn't think Cam Robinson was going to play this week. And, you know, it's still nothing official yet. But, I mean, the way Doug Peterson, you know, talked today, you know, saying that, you know, Cam had a good week, Walker Little had a good week at guard, it sure feels like Cam Robinson will probably play and you'll see Walker Little at left guard. I, so, Cam left tackle, Walker left guard, Fortner, Sheriff, Anton. Do you think they can that line can generate some movement in the running game? against, you know, kind of the light front that the Bills are have? Yeah, I think they'll do a better job than, like, Little at left tackle and then either Shally or Ben Barch would have done because I do think that <clears throat> getting, like, Cam back and having Cam and Little be that left side is an upgrade. But at the same time, like, I don't think it's a big enough upgrade where we're going to see a lot of changes out of the passing game. Like, I think the passing game will still be a lot of, like, quick stuff and a lot of, like, stuff to try to, like, help out their offensive line because, like, it's going to be Cam's first game back uh, and Little's first game in a long time. Pro- maybe his first career start at left guard? Does that sound right? I want to say he started a game in the preseason at left guard. Okay. Well, so first regular season. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I don't think their play calling from a 
like drop back perspective is going to change very much, but like I think that they might be they're going to try to do like a lot of different stuff with a run game because again, like Press admitted to them being like kind of vanilla in the game run game last week when they had a lead, uh, and like the Bills defense did a really good job of stopping Miami's like kind of like key run play, which is just wide zone uh, from shotgun last week. So like. And then Miami, like, wasn't really able to, like, do anything else on the run once Buffalo shut down, like, their key concept. So Jacksonville's key runs concept is inside zone, but I think that they'll be able to do a good job of, like, also mixing in some, like, power and gap runs and, like, hitting uh, the outside instead of the inside and kind of doing, like, a little bit more variety with the run game. You, You made a really good point on Twitter earlier this week that, you know, they basically have not use crack toss like at all this year when you saw it a ton last year part of me feels like you know zay jones has not been healthy since like the first half against the chiefs maybe that's why Ooh. was Zay back this week you that's think actually really good because he would be like that like crack defender like it would either be him or marvin most of the time and like calvin like this soon isn't gonna do it and then like kirk like you can't really ask like that body type to do it. No, Zay Zay is their dude who like gets like, do, like does the dirty work in their own game among the wide receivers. Like that's a really good point because like someone else said on Twitter, uh, I think it was Ant said like Cam Robinson coming back, like maybe they'll have more outside stuff. And I'm like, yeah, like that's fair because he actually is like a pretty good like polar or like just good blocker out in space for yeah. tackle. But, like, Zay Jones is another really good point that he could have arguably a bigger impact in the run game than the passing game this week. I'm, I'm fascinated to see how Walker Little looks at left guard. Like, I think he'll look good there. Like, I, people keep asking why not Cam at left guard. I think there's, like, an obvious differences between Walker's skill set and Cam's skill set. You know, like, like Cam, Cam, to me, like, isn't even built like a guard at all. And he doesn't have that, like – initial in my opinion explosiveness that i think that you need inside because you know everything happens quicker inside you know yeah. <laughs> like press even said that yesterday like it's like one of the biggest cliches in football but it's true like yeah. just because you're playing inside a guard doesn't mean you you can be you know like a sloth like you have to be explosive and i think walker is the more explosive player i think he can get like on top of guys with his explosiveness i think walker is a good fit there but would you believe that the Bills have the second best interior pass rusher in football and he's not named Ben Oliver? I mean, I would believe it because I knew it going into it, but okay. a week ago, I would have guessed that now. Yeah, I mean, the Quan Jones has been unreal this year. Yeah, you know, like he almost has like a 30% win rate as a pass. Like it's literally Aaron Donald, the Quan Jones, everybody else in the <laughs> among interior guys right now. Yep. He, he's been absolutely like insane. So, I think that's going to be a really good matchup, you know, for him. I, I, I think he's like you like look at the Bills' defense, the numbers in the tape. Like he's probably been their best front four guy in general this year. Yeah. They all they won't have Gregory Rousseau. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. <laughs> but they will have Von Miller. So I mean, Von will probably be on a little bit of a pitch count, but. I, I think when you look at the Bills' defense, like he's the guy I think has to be like the X factor guy this week. Leonard Floyd also has like just casually is like eighth in like win rate as an edge this year. He's so uh, good. <laughs> just all of them, even like Ed Oliver is like 
I read a really good like off season article by Ollie Canali or Canoli, I think his name is. Uh, for, I have no idea if that's right or not. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about? I know who you're talking about. Uh, it's on the readoptional.com. He did have, like a really good article about how like Ed Oliver was being like um, not used in the right way, but he was like doing a lot of the dirty work. And so like basically like it made me an, an Ed Oliver fan slash appreciator. Yeah. They just have so many guys on that uh, defensive line. But I think like one really interesting nugget that press dropped during that Thursday press conference was – um, he said, like, they do a lot of hockey subbing with their defensive line where they'll have, like, pretty much all four guys, like, sub out at a time and then, like, four guys come back in. So with that, like, they they might do a little bit, like, more tempo to try to, like, keep guys on the field for longer, for longer so that Buffalo can't do, like, their whole hockey substitution thing where they bring in, like, a whole fresh unit. So that'll be, like, something to look out for this weekend is, like, how the Jaguars use tempo. Because I would, I would expect them to use it at some point besides, like, within two minutes left in each half. Yeah, no, I, I saw him say that, but I, I don't watch hockey at all, so I didn't get the <laughs> – Neither do I. <laughs> I didn't get the, you can I didn't still, get like, the comparison. Like, the guys, like, going over with their legs over the wall, like, three guys at a time. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I feel like Trevor especially has been really good at up-tempo and no-huddle stuff throughout his career because – like, that's basically, like, Clemson's offense. But, I mean, the Jaguars, I think they're, like, 20th per SIS and no huddle, you know, percentage this year. They just don't do it that often. And, I, I like you said, probably you see an increase in it this week. But I would think, like, that needs to be, you know, maybe a bigger part of their offense in general moving forward. But, we, I mean, I think up-tempo probably means a lot of Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, when you look at like the wide receiver versus cornerback matchups this week, I mean, who, who who do you like, you know, to really get fed this week? Who do you think I like? Oh God, here we go. Let's <laughs> let's let's hear. It. I don't I, I don't even disagree, but you've lost all credibility with me. <laughs> let's go ahead and hear it anyways. Okay, you're not wrong about the credibility thing. Uh, <laughs> but so one of my picks for later is going to be Christian Kirk under receiving yards. That's my lock of the week. Uh, because, like, he's proven how, like, important he is to this offense, but his splits against, like, man coverage as opposed to zone coverage, uh, going back to, like, the start of last season is crazy. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but you can just believe me that he does a lot better and is just a lot more productive against man-heavy defenses. Uh, I also think that, like, Zay Jones being out is, like, a big reason that, Evan Engram and Christian Kirk have like gotten like funneled a lot more targets over the past two weeks. So I think like Zay coming back, even if he's like not 100% and is in like on a pitch count and stuff, uh, I think like his return is still gonna spread out the targets a decent amount. Um, so like Calvin is like kind of the opposite of Kirk, I'm pretty sure, where like his career splits are way better against zone than man. Um, and a lot of like the routes that he's asked to run are actually better against zone than man. Like, I almost think the Jags have kind of like set it up where Kirk is like where Lawrence looks to as a man beater, and then Ridley is where he looks to as a zone beater. Uh, so like, <clears throat> like I, I just, I really think like this week, like Buffalo's defense sets up really well. Calvin Ridley more than anyone else, partly because they're so zone heavy. 
um, and like drop up so many people like back, but also because like they lost Jadavius White to an Achilles tear last week. And I don't know any of the other cornerbacks on the roster besides Kyer the Elam or Alam. And he's like not been playing. So where he goes cool. <laughs> Florida. <laughs> that's yeah, the only reason I know. That's, that's why I him. Uh so yeah, like and that doesn't necessarily mean that like it's not like week one when the Jaguars were facing like a pair of undrafted outside quarterbacks against the Colts, but like Ridley against Buffalo's outside cornerbacks on paper should be an advantage. And so I think like I think Ridley is gonna need to have uh, a pretty big week for the Jags to win. That's fair. I honestly I for as much credibility have you lost in my eyes, I agree with you. I think Ridley probably sees like 10 targets this week, probably a couple of deep shots. Like I, I think the offense this week is going to be, you know, like you said, a lot of running, creative running scheme, uh, a lot of basically quick passing, you know, get the ball of his hands, kind of negate their front four and take the shots when you have them too Whitley. But I, I, I think on that same note, like Evan Ingram might see probably maybe close to 10 targets. Not sure if any of them will be more than four yards downfield, but I, I, I do think he's probably going to get fed a lot underneath. So I, I think yeah. those are probably the two guys. And even Zay Jones, I think you'll probably see him involved a decent bit. I, I, I agree. With you. I, I don't think this is a Christian Crook week. I honestly, I think the Bills' best secondary player this year, now that White's not playing, is maybe Teron Johnson, who is their slot guy. You know, he's, yeah. he's more like an all-around type guy, like, He's a really good blitzer, really good against the run, reminiscent of Trey Herndon, you know, at times. But he's, you know, he, he's still solid in coverage. So I, I agree with you. And so I, I think a lot of Ridley, a lot of Ingram. I mean, mm-hmm. can, can I give you my my hot take now since we're on topic of the offense? <laughs> Let me – I was just going to say real quick about Ridley. Like, A.J. Terrell, like, didn't blanket him last week, but he was, like, all over him. Uh, Ridley had that early touchdown, and it was, like, a busted zone coverage. But AJ Terrell shadowed him on like 87% of snaps. I, I think it was a next gen stat that it was like the highest rate that a cornerback has shadowed any receiver in any game this season was AJ Terrell on Calvin Ridley. And uh, according to player profiler, Ridley still had four catches on five targets for 50 yards. And I would assume that probably includes that long touchdown. But actually, wait. Four receptions on five targets. I mean, Ridley only had two catches last week. Don't anyway, <laughs> the, the point is just that AJ Terrell was like basically on top of Ridley all of last week, and it'll be a lot easier for Ridley to get going this week. Yeah, I, I, I really just don't think like I, I still, I, I think Ridley is like a number one receiver talent, but I don't think he's the kind of guy who's going to beat press coverage like a ton. Like I, I just, I, I. I really don't. And he's seen a lot of press coverage, it seems like, this year. Kind of seems like that's what teams are, like, thinking. Like, he's already not a super physical guy. Now he's been out for a little bit. Let's kind of throw him off at the line. I'm not sure how much you see that from Buffalo this week, which, again, would play into what you're saying. I would. I will say, like, Ridley, he, like, was so freaking good against press coverage uh, in 2020. Like, teams, like, literally, like, stopped doing it and, like, had to play off coverage against him. So, like, maybe, like, that doesn't, like, kind of come back in full force, but, like, he just eviscerated press coverage in the past. So, I wonder if, like, he'll just, like, kind of continue to get a little bit better at it with a little bit more reps this season. But 
What's your hot take? I didn't mean to cut you off entirely. No, you're good. I, okay, here my question for you. More <laughs> touches this week. Jamal Agnew or Tank Bigsby? Tank. I uh, I, I kind of like it to be a Tank week. Like, I don't know why they didn't try to get Tank going a little bit more last week. Like, if you have a 17-0 run and you're yeah. going to just run up the middle, like, why not give it to Tank? But, yeah, I, I'd like to see a little bit more Tank this week. Well, you played eight snaps last week, so it won't be hard. <laughs> like, what constitutes as a tank week? I, I, I guess double digit snaps. Yeah, no, I, 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 I agree. There. I think like if this is like a week to be like, this is why we drafted this guy in the third round. Mm-hmm. I think that's definitely it. And that also, you know, if you want to be like, why did we draft this guy in the second round? My hot take for the week: mm. Bryn Strange more catches this week than Dalton Kincaid. Good. Ooh. Put that down. All right. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to say he run. does anything with them. I'm not going to say how many yardage, but <laughs> there you go. Put it down. You said more targets or more catches? More catches. Ooh. Not targets. Come on. More catches. Targets is a coward man stat. <laughs> you, you can throw a ball 50 yards over a dude's head and it can constitute as a target. Come on. Okay, catches. Yeah, I like that. More catches than Kincaid. I actually think Kincaid could have like. Not a great week or anything, but I think he could have an okay week just because I saw a stat where he was like played a lot more 11 personnel snaps in week four than he had like the rest of the season and is like kind of finally taking over like a bigger role than Dawson Knox. So, like, I like where your head's at in terms of the take, but I'm just saying, like, I saw that he's getting more opportunities. So, I wouldn't be entirely surprised if he has five catches against Chad Muma. Where'd you get that knife, by the way? <laughs> the one in my back. No, I told you my take before the show. I would not have had that take with that information, and you're just sitting on it. I, I, I just, I, no, I it's, your game. It's, it's still a good take. I it, like it. It is a good take. I'm just like I'm not even trying to like go against your take. I'm just like nah. adding information that I thought was relevant. I, I, I don't know. I, I'm def. I've definitely been unnecessarily triggered by the. You know, the Bills are twelve doing so much 12 personnel because of Dalton Kincaid. Nichols, the new base, like Cleese Shea, you know, had out like, <laughs> like tweets. Yeah. You know, so that's that's definitely um, – my take is definitely rooted in – what's the word I'm looking for? Not disdain for <laughs> the origins of the Kincaid takes, but it, it's not rooted in reality. But still, yeah. Brent Strange, more catches than Kincaid this week. We're going to break real quick, and then we'll get into our official predictions for the game. Hmm. All right, Gus. I gave you a hard time in week three, but I got smacked last week. I was the only dude at Jaguar Report who didn't pick the Jags either. And, yeah, egg on my face. Who who you got this week? Tell tell me you're going to be courageous with it and pick the guys in teal. Who you got? Come on. How yeah, many do right. you have the Jags winning by? I've, I've had the Jags scoring 20 points the entire week, and I just, like, I can't decide how many points I think, like, the Bills are going to get limited to or just end up scoring. So I I think there's a pretty good chance it's 31-20, but my score prediction is 24-20 Bills. 24-20 Bills. Okay. I, I can see that. I can see that. Okay. Uh, 
Sorry, there's a tree being oh, forcibly removed across the street. No, giant. It's right. I haven't heard any of the construction, so you're okay. good. Okay, I'm, I'm glad you have it. My house shook a little bit, but I'm glad you have. <laughs> so, I mean, why is it that you know? I, I I would think 24 points against the Josh Allen like offense like isn't even a bad like outing by the defense, but like what why is that you know what you came to? Uh, like, I just think the Jags are scoring 20, like, pretty much regardless, because, like, I don't think that, like, their offense is going to, like, be fixed this week um, with the returns of Zay Jones and Cam Robinson. Like, I think those are, like, two very big deals in terms of, like, come back For to sure. the offense, and it'll definitely, like, help the offense uh, perform better, and, like, hopefully it'll look it this weekend. But, like, I think just, like, with Zay, like, probably not being 100% healthy quite yet. And then also, like, Cam Robinson and Walker Little having, like, a little bit of a shakeup on the offensive line. Plus it being, like, just, like, a well-coached defense and tough opponent in Buffalo. Plus, like, Ridley is, like, like that was a nice touchdown catch last week. But he hasn't really, like – like, I don't think the offense is going to be, like, a full-fledged top-five unit until R- Calvin Ridley is, like, earning the type of targets and receiving the type of defensive attention – that a number one like alpha wide receiver would. So like, I just, I think the play calling for the pass passing game, like I said earlier, is going to like remain the same and it's going to be like a lot of quick game and a lot of stuff where it seems like they don't trust the offensive line. And so like, I just, I don't think they're going to be throwing the ball downfield a lot more this week. And then, yeah. yeah. So that's what, that's what, how it came to 20 points for the Jags at least. Yeah, no, that, that's that's definitely fair. I, I, I think that I, I think you said it well until Ridley like gets defenses to respect him enough to where they're not pressing him. That's probably like this is gonna be the offense where it's at. I got Bills thirty, Jaguar seventeen. Like I hmm. I, I just I, I think they're running into a buzzsaw this week and yeah, it, it happens. I don't think it's gonna be like a bad in indication of Mike Caldwell's unit. They give up a ton of points or anything, but I do think it'll kind of be like a sobering type game of, okay, the Jaguars, like a lot of people thought they were going to leap into that Bills kind of territory this year, but at least for right now, maybe still aren't kind of, you know, there yet. I like, I, I agree with you that maybe getting pressure isn't as important this week as it is other weeks. Cause Josh Allen is going to play backyard football regardless. But yeah. I also feel like the best way to force them into mistakes is, by generating pressure, and I just I, I don't know if the Jags can do that with anybody other than Josh Allen right now. So I have Bills winning, you know, 30-17, and I don't know. I, I I think the Jags can be very ready to you know come back and get back in the AFC South mix after that game because when you look at the Houston Texans schedule the rest of the year and. They I, I think they're the team to watch in the, the AFC yeah. South. Like they're the team of Jags. I think like. They have to keep an eye on, and that's not to be like count any week as a loss before it happens. But like just being realistic, you're probably going to have to, you know, lick your wounds after this game, and then next week is one of the bigger games of the year. Yeah, i I have a little bit more confidence, I guess, in the Jags being able to keep it close. But I'm I'm certainly expecting the Jags to come back from London two and three. Yeah, and I mean, so the Titans and Colts play each other this weekend. So one of them will be two and three, but one of them will be three and two. Mm-hmm. So one of them will be at least tied for first place in the division, if not first place by itself. And the Texans play the Falcons. And I, 
I mean, I think the Texans are going to smack the Falcons. If yeah, do, do you watch the sound of the games at all that the Jags put out? Uh, I try to, but I, I missed last week. There, there, there was a good one moment this week when Mike McCoy is talking to Trevor about pulling the ball, running with it. And he's just like, "We're more athletic than them. You can get five or six yards easy." And it's like, that, that's crazy, dude. Like, <laughs> like that the Falcons' defense is like legit front seven, like kind of that unathletic, and you know they're playing Calais on the edge that. You know, yeah, teams can, and kind of willingly just think that. So, I think Houston's bigger, more explosive, better. Obviously, you know your motto: better quarterback wins. So, I'm with you. So, yeah. See, so, yeah. last week it was like the better quarterback is going to win, and then this week I feel like both the quarterbacks are uh, like Josh Allen. Like we both agree is better than Trevor, but like they're both like up there in terms of like rankings of quarterbacks and being top tier. But, like, this week, I think it comes down to uh, receivers. Like, who has the bigger game between Stephon Diggs and Calvin Ridley? Or not even necessarily, like, the bigger game, because I can see, like, Calvin Ridley having, like, one more catch, but Stephon Diggs still having, like, a way bigger impact. Yeah. But, like, so, like, that, like, receiver on receiver matchup is what I'm looking for this week, just compared to quarterback versus quarterback last week. Absolutely. Well, Gus, you got any, any uh, picks for us this week? I, I I got a couple. Yeah, I like uh, Christian Kirk under receiving yards is my lock of the week. Let's okay. see. What's, what's He's at 57 and a half receiving yards. I also mm-hmm. like Ridley over four and a half receptions. Um, I like Travis Etienne over 64 and a half rushing yards. I like Trevor Lawrence under 244 passing yards. Because I think he could have a pretty efficient game. But, again, like, I don't think, like, uh, Jacksonville's offense is going to, like, suddenly start hitting intermediate to deep shots this week. Yeah. So, like, Trevor could have a great game, but it's going to be, like, one of those Colts games, I feel like, where he has, like, a 90% completion percentage. And it's just, like, a 5A dot. So, I like Trevor's underpassing yards. Um, what about you? I think lock the week. Prize picks, Rayshon Jenkins, five and a half tackles, either solo or assist. I think, like, j- just the way the Bills play offense, like, he's going to be racking up tackles. And I think you're going to see him in the box a lot because yeah. I think they're going to want Andre Sisco, you know, basically playing center field and trying to nab a Aaron Josh Allen pass. I yeah. think Calvin Ridley, four and a half receptions, you know, over. Trevor Lawrence, 14 and a half rushing yards. I feel like that's free money right there, man. I, I, I like that, actually, yeah. I was yeah. thinking about Josh Allen's under-receiving yards just because of what I was saying about, like, how what, how they played Mahomes by, like, almost doing, like, a slow rush and just kind of keeping him in the pocket and not letting him scramble. So I think, like, with that similar strategy this week, I like Allen's under for rushing yards. But I also 100%. like Lawrence's over. 100%. And also like Josh Allen over uh, – Half an intercept, uh, basically Josh Allen to throw an interception. So mm-hmm. I, I like those. I, you know, I Josh wonder... Allen interception lock of the week. Okay, there you go. I and Josh Allen to cash it. <laughs> yeah. And no, 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 <laughs> no. <laughs> Ch- Chad Muma, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> That's good. I like that. Go ahead and put that down. Yeah. No. So yeah. I, I don't know. I I think it'll be like an eye-opening game because, again, the Bills right now are, I think, are the class of the NFL. And I don't know, even though I don't expect the Jaguars to win, if they do win, they basically they'll get all the goodwill that they've lost, you know, back. Like, I saw the Athletics, the Athletic did a really good story on 
you know, Trevor and the Jaguars, you know, bouncing back from 2021 season. And it's like, we know we can be anybody ahead of us. And in my head, I'm like, man, you know, they planned that story months ago. <laughs> they were, they were not preparing for the Jaguars to be, you know, losing to the Houston Texans. No. Yeah. Dude, the same writer did a story on Kirk like two weeks ago. So he yeah. clearly like came to Jacksonville two months ago. And he's a good writer. Is that, is that, I highly recommend the piece. I agree. It was good stories. Yeah, I, Zach Kiefer, you know, great writer with Athletic. Highly recommend the pieces, but it definitely, I, I think the Jaguars, you know, like if they want to get like the national like love back, that it seems like, God, they lost it already, like quickly. <laughs> they lost it quickly. Yeah. If they want to get it back, like this is the game to do it. It's got to be a big Mike Caldwell week and Calvin Ridley week. Everyone's going to be a big Calvin Ridley week, according to me. <laughs> If okay, another hot take. If the Jaguars hold Buffalo to twenty points or fewer, Mike Caldwell is the most important coach on the staff this year, including Doug. Oh, including Doug. I was yeah. like, he's, he's probably already the most important, not including Doug, right? Press. Roster's probably up there too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, okay. What do you? <laughs> I, had <this> <laughs> okay. I had this interaction with a fan on Twitter, like that he was like, I don't know, like maybe Jim Bob Cooter. He was the passing game coordinator last year. Now he's gone. Like, is it the Jim Bob effects that the Jaguars like? That's right. Like, pass more than ten yards downfield. That's right. <laughs> and like the Jim Bob effect. <laughs> and like the 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 funny like thing is like. The offense isn't even like it's like basically the same offense as last year, just to a drastic measure. And it's it, it's it's been funny to see like like people completely forgetting that the Jaguars did completely weird. Like, does nobody remember the Jamal Agnew play against the Titans in the red zone in Week 18? I think it was like they've done completely weird stuff for no reason this entire time. Like, this isn't new. It would be nice to see like Calvin Ridge. Calvin run some like non Marvin Jones routes. Cause like you said, like the offense is just what it was last year. And like, I almost feel like they like just put it Calvin into Marvin's old role, like too directly. And they're not doing enough to like make his job easier. Like not giving him enough, like just number one wide receiver type routes and opportunities. Yeah. Um, I'm going to start yeah. Calvin really counter for you. That's going to be the next bit. <laughs> Calvin counter. Really counter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm interested. Do you think, we should start calling Walker Little the Jacksonville Jaguars as left guard instead of left tackle. Like, just in general. Like, because I feel like if we're assuming Anton Harrison is the right tackle and Cam Robinson isn't going to leave anytime soon, like, is Walker Little going to be their longtime left guard? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> I was like trying to understand the question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just because, like, we, we whatever you want, it, like, he's a yeah. tackle that's like moving yeah. inside the guard, but like, yeah, I think it's fair to like just start thinking yeah. of him as like a guard now that can move outside to tackle. Call him offensive lineman Walker Little, offensive lineman Walker Little, who started four games at left tackle and however many games at left guard in 2023. I guess I'm just saying, like, I expect the vast majority of his future starts to come at left guard. I this year, I agree, and I think. If you're his agent, you're loving like him. Basically, left tackle, left guard has the ability to play right tackle because like they literally have so much like 
they can bring to the table in terms of negotiations. Even even if it's not with the Jaguars, like with any team, like if he plays well at left guard, like a super young, like cheap guy <laughs> start at left tackle and left guard, like that's an insane player to have on your roster. Totally. That was another thing press said during the press conferences this week was like security blanket. That's invaluable. Yeah, yeah. Walker Little is the Jaguars' heated blanket. <laughs> I like that. He is. He is. He's always there for them. He's always there for them. Yeah. Anything else for us this week, Gus? Uh, no, I'm. Uh, I don't think I had a hot take, but I. Oh I no, 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 no! Oh, contraire! You what? need to give us some kind of take. It doesn't have to be hot. I don't, I don't like doing this thing where I try to think of one and I can't, and then I just force one. I know you don't. So what? What, what is it? You know what? Don't, don't, because uh, I see your heart's not in it. I can't think of anything outside of Calvert Ridley is my problem. I, uh, you can't even give me a Gabe Davis two hundred yards. Like, you, yeah. All right, I want you to take the weekend off. All right, Latavius Murray will have. No, stop. Yeah, stop. See, I don't. I don't want to do this. I'm, I'm uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah, take the weekend off. Work on your takesmanship, and we'll. We'll come back to it. Next yeah, week, see, I'm, right? not, I'm not the takesman that you are, John. I, I no. got a little bit. No, I tell you to give me a hot take. And the first words out of your mouth are Latavius Murray. <laughs> God. All right. On that note, you got anything yeah. else for us, guys? No, I'm. Well, no. Yeah. No. I'll talk to you Monday. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining us. We'll be back on Monday to recap Jaguars versus the Bills. Until then, have a good weekend, and we'll see you next time.